0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of the Psychology of Success podcast. This week we interview Mitch Matthews, who is a former NFL wide receiver. Mitch played college football at BYU and after was signed by the Kansas City Chiefs on May 2, 2016 as an undrafted free agent. After his time with the Chiefs, he was signed with the Browns and then the Vikings and finally the Dolphins. After his career in the NFL, he started a pest control business, which has absolutely blown up. Now, Mitch dedicates his life into motivating others and helping others succeed, and I think it's absolutely incredible. Mitch has a certain type of energy and charisma with him that is absolutely phenomenal, and you guys will absolutely love this podcast episode. Hope you guys enjoy, and let's jump into it. Alright, Mitch, thanks for being here on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, man. Glad to be here. So, do you mind telling us a brief history on how you got into football and different teams you played for? and different Yeah, teams you've had? that is
1: a long one. So, I started playing football in second grade. Uh, it was on my brother's team. He was a fourth grader. The team was supposed to be third and fourth graders, but my dad was a coach, so he let me play up. Played receiver, played um, safety. My helmet was probably bigger than my entire body. One of those guys, <laughs> so young. But... That's where I fell in love with football. If my brother was doing it, then I was doing it, you know, one yeah. of those things. Because I looked up to him and whatever he was doing, I was, I was, I was falling along. And my dad was the coach. We so played a lot. And uh, played from second grade, never missed a year, all the way till, I mean, I played a couple years in the NFL. But I, I played in high school, was a receiver there. I had a couple injuries, but was able to get a scholarship throughout high school. My brother got a scholarship to BYU. And the second he got a scholarship to BYU, that's, I knew that's where I wanted to go. But before, growing up in Oregon, I definitely wanted to be an Oregon Duck growing up. Maybe mm-hmm. coolest jerseys, all that. So, but once he committed to go to BYU as a receiver, I'm like, well, then it's my turn. I, I got to step up now. And luckily for me, he paved the way. He was a lot better than I was in high school, so he kind of trailblazed the way for us to, yeah, both get a scholarship pretty much. because I kind of piggybacked off his name. Um, but we both got scholarships. Uh, he got one as a sophomore. I got one as a junior. And once I was, once he was committed to BYU, we were the biggest BYU fans of all time. Him and I played together at BYU for a couple of years uh, after my mission. And he he turned into more of a tight end position. He's a little bit bigger than I am, but had an incredible four years there. I had four different quarterbacks, so I had to kind of yeah. adapt every single year with you know some with my quarterback. The start of three different seasons, got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, had Christian Stewart, Tanner Mangum, Riley Nelson. Uh, just had a, a lot of different guys every single year, and, and but that allowed me to adapt and improve my game, and had some awesome seasons, made some big plays. It allowed me to go make it to the NFL, I wasn't drafted, um, but I started off with the Chiefs first, was, went there. That, that, to be honest, was a huge mistake to, to choose there. I could have chosen to go to the Chiefs or the Packers. Those were my top two options. Okay. And I remember, I remember, this is a funny story, I remember going, uh, going over the rosters of the Chiefs and the Packers. I'm like, okay, I'm going to build a pick which team I'm to go to since I wasn't, I wasn't drafted. And Andy Reid is the head coach of the Chiefs and the mm-hmm. Packers. They, 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 they Jordy Nelson, I've always loved, uh, you know, a white guy making the NFL. So I'm like, this are, these are two great options for me. And I remember seriously thinking, I'm like, okay, the Chiefs just drafted two receivers. One was Demarcus Robinson, who's a fourth-round pick. He was super athletic in college, and still is, and, and uh, loved that guy and i watched his highlights at florida and i remember him being like oh he's super athletic but i i, I can be better than this guy um because i think he only played one year of college and he had some injuries but he was really good that one year he played so he got drafted and i think he, he's still on the team does great so he's a great player but, but i remember thinking like okay he was drafted i'm not but i think i can compete with him and the other guy who was drafted later was tyreek hill and he was a running back in college but went to three different colleges and i remember specifically thinking okay I'm going to go to the Chiefs because who the heck is this Tyreek Hill guy? He's a running back. He didn't really make it in college. It yeah. wasn't very good. I'm like, if this Tyreek Hill guy is not better than Mitch Matthews. Like, no chance. And this, I remember, and I'm not kidding, the first day of practice I showed up and I called my dad after practice. And I said, Dad, this is the biggest mistake I've ever made because this Tyreek Hill guy is the best football player I've ever seen in my <laughs> entire life. And so from, that, from the first day of practice on, I was like, this, I made the worst, a terrible decision. Because no one knew Tyree Hill was going to be Tyree Kill or else they would have drafted him in the first round. But he was drafted, I think, in the sixth round, fifth or sixth round. Hmm. So no one knew he was going to be who he is. First team All-Pro two years in a row. The fastest player in, in, in the NFL, without a doubt. And one of the fastest yeah. of all time. They thought he might be running back receiver. The second they tried him out receiver, Marcus Peters, our first-team All-Pro, couldn't guard him. No one could guard the guy. It was, it was insane. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I made a huge mistake. I came to the Chiefs, and I'm stuck here for the first year. I'll probably get cut because they, this guy's starting after, like, a week of practice, you know? And so I'm like, man, this is going to be me to make the team. And so I, I probably should have gone to Green Bay, and they actually had two undrafted receivers on the roster that year. And um, I'm not saying I would have made it with those guys. I had no, I had no idea, but mm-hmm. it would have been a lot better shot than competing against Tyree Kill, who's one of the best receivers in the game right now. Yes. So. It's all you know. To me, is, you know hindsight's twenty twenty. I don't I don't kick myself for it yet. I do because but I just didn't know. I ended up going to the Browns. I got cut by the Chiefs. I ended up going to the Browns for a while. I was on their um, their squad for a little bit and had a great time there. And that was a unique change because the Chiefs were really good and the Browns. That was the year we didn't win a game, so we yeah. were horrible. And just seeing the cultures being so different. But I love them. I love all the players I ever played with. They were the, with the Browns were awesome. The, the receiver coach there. Coach Saunders was unbelievable. And he was, he, there I got, I probably became my best football player with the Browns because every single day in practice, um, Joe Hayden was the, their number one corner there. He's a Pro Bowler. And so I would wear the jersey yeah. of the opposing receiver, Des Bryant, um, Brandon Marshall. Um, I mean, any, any big receiver that the other team yeah. had, I, it was my job of practice to put on his jersey. And to go against Joe Hayden every single day in practice, he'd follow me around. We'd do drills together. Wow. We'd do everything together. Um, so that's probably when I got my best is when me and Joe Hayden would go one-on-one for, for months. It was awesome. So uh, it was really good. And then um, was on the Vikings for the offseason. Then I was with the Dolphins for a little bit and had a great time. I ended up having an injury with the Dolphins. I kind of touched on in the preseason with them, which was awesome. But I had an injury with them that game, and it, it put me out for like 12 weeks. And this time, I had served a mission. I played a couple of years. I got hurt, which put me out the rest of the year. So I was going to be like a twenty-six-year-old second-year player, you know. And at that point, I'm like, man, it, it might be time to do something else. And at this time, I had my my business that I do now, the pest control business that I do now. It was already running. I already started to get some traction. Oh,
0: so you started it while you're still yeah. Playing. I started
1: I started this pest control company Smart. while I was playing, wow. and it kind of got some legs because I've you know my business partners were doing well with it. And it, it uh. was getting some legs. I'm like, you know what? If I did leave football right now and not try to keep going and playing, um, then I I would have something great to go to. And it's turned, the pest control business and the business that I own now, it's turned out to be unbelievably um, fast growing and great from an early start. So, Yeah,
0: tell me the story of Anthem and how it started. Yeah,
1: so when I got cut by the Browns, I wasn't sure if I was going to play again or not. Because when you're undrafted, you've been cut twice already. It was, I hurt my hamstring with that, and that's why I got cut. And I was like, you know what, maybe you guys should start a business. So and so maybe, me and my business partner, um, there was three of us at the time, we decided to start this business, and I was kind of new at this. I knew I could do sales. I knew I could talk to people. I knew I could motivate. I knew I could be a good leader um, from being a leader in college. And so I was like, you know what, let's, let's do this business. I know nothing about pest control or door-to-door sales, but let's. I trusted my business partners who had been in the industry of door-to-door sales and said, let's, let's do it. And then about a month or two later, I got a call from the Minnesota Vikings saying that they want to sign me. And it was kind of unexpected. So my business partners you know, let me go and said, and go chase that. This, this business will be here when you get back. And like I said, I went to the Vikings and the Dolphins. And this business had already gotten legs. And when I came back to it, we, I think we had seven employees or seven sales reps. And you know, now we have, from, from two years of business, um, we have, I think 130 sales reps now Jeez. and we'll have about 40 of our trucks on the road this year and we'll be, we're in three different cities, Dallas, Texas, Holy Houston, God. Texas, and Atlanta, Georgia. So pest control will probably make, probably do a lot better financially for me than, than football. I do what, you Good know, so you. That's, but awesome. that's not the purpose of why I do it. I, I my, 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 purpose for owning a business is I love to inspire people, That is honestly, I've realized that's what it is. That's not a a good saying that's not a slogan that's honestly what it is the more people I can be in front of to inspire that that is my dream job you know yeah. so I, I knew yeah, awesome. if I could go and have this job in a 500 to a thousand a couple thousand reps to thousands and thousands of reps and employees one day that'll be my dream job because I'll have I'll have a charge to be the, the the principal motivator for thousands of people that is my dream job so that, that's the, cool. pest control is a good vehicle for that.
0: And that's what you're yeah. kind of doing, right? You're over sales, right? Yeah. So you just went on a cruise with all yeah. like your top salesmen, right?
1: All of them. Yeah, anyone that can make it. Yeah. Wow. So we went cool. on one on the East Coast. We do a trip every year with those guys. We do a few trips every year. We actually do, we, if you sell pest control, you get to go on a lot of vacations, I guess. But okay. um, we do, we do a bunch of trips with those guys to, um, you know, we work our butts off. It's a very hard job when you're yeah. doing it. Um, but, you know, you work hard, you play even harder, you know. So we make sure we play hard and keep our guys happy. How do you find those guys
0: to work for you?
1: Honestly, through networks of our current guys, through them, you know, my job is to make sure the guys that come and sell for us have such a good experience that they want to tell their friends about it. And, and for us, if I just create a system where people make money financially, that'll kind of go by the wayside. People, eh, they'll spend it. And we'll, we'll, my job is to make sure these guys financially are stable, that they're constantly motivated, that they're not just changing the size of their pockets, but they're changing their life. Yeah, they're reading I like more, that. they're becoming inspired, they're becoming high performers in every part of their life, they're becoming men, they're becoming, I mean, just successful people. So it, it, that's, that's my job is to make sure they're, they're happy in every facet of their life, being great husbands or wives or brothers and sisters, whatever it is, just wanna make sure they're great people. And the money will come and once you can create that type of system those guys are gonna want to go f- tell their friends about how their life changed because of anthem you mm-hmm. know so that's what culture I try to create and it seemed to work so far but man, we got a long way to go yeah yeah
0: it's so like how have you pl- applied lessons learned from the NFL into your business life because it seems like it's worked for you playing that I many yeah. years in the NFL you've been able to apply all these skills so what are some of those lessons yeah. that you've been able to apply Hard work is one, because I see is, you waking yeah, sure. up every morning, 4.30 yeah, yeah, on your story. It's crazy.
1: Well, yeah, that's, that's just me trying to kick my own butt. Um, so, to me, man, um, it's just mindset, 100%. To go through 20 years of football as, this, as a kid, through college football, where there's politics, there's drama, there's injuries, there's wins and losses. It's, a, it's an emotional roller coaster. But if you can ride that roller coaster and have some fun along with it, you go to the NFL, where it's an even bigger, scary roller coaster. Yeah. Where I mean, mentally, every single day you're waking up with a knot in your stomach to whether or not you're going to make the team. That right there is, if you can ride that and be tough enough to, to do that, um, you go to anything else in your life, um, you'll be able to have that. You'll be able to have like that iron stomach, that gut that can say, you know, I can do this next venture, mm-hmm. I can do this next thing. And so for yeah. me, it was mindset, and the m- most important thing was self belief. I talked about this on my blog that I just put out is. Man, you got to believe in yourself like you would not believe uh, to, to play in the NFL. Not every person in every NFL locker room or college locker room is a freak athlete. It's not true. Um, but every person in there does believe in the best, 100%. And so I've, I've just learned throughout my years of being a younger brother, being an underdog, to going on draft and having to scrap my way. It's, you, have to have, you have to have a humongous self-belief. And that's carried over in business. That we just believe that we're the best. We believe we're record breakers and then we have to go adapt it to make that happen.
0: Yeah. Who's your biggest mentor
1: in the way? Right now or who along the way? Just whenever. Yeah, ever. Like. Oh man. I, I would say in terms of business, there's a guy named Jeremy Andrus. I mean, I, I I brag about this guy all the time.
0: I emailed him because he was on oh, the no way. Of, yeah. He's, at BYU, he's so. freaking awesome. He's the yeah. he's the
1: CEO of Traeger Grills, he was the CEO of Skull Candy. He ipo right. that company, this company that he has now, Traeger Grills, is worth a billion dollars. Wow. But everything, everything that guy touches is success. And so I actually went up and shadowed him last year. I said, Jeremy, I texted him, I said, Jeremy, I'm going to come up and spend 12 hours with you. I'm just going to follow you around. I'm, pretend I'm not even there if you have to. I'm just going to shadow <laughs> you for a day. And I, I'm i not kidding. I learned more in that 12-hour span than any 12 books I could have read, any Any 12 hours doing anything else like I I learned more in that 12 hours with him that day than I have in any period of time like that but in in any just any moment any 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 activity anything I could have done that 12 hours was priceless just because I was able to watch him interact with people and and the way he interacted to the brand new hires that he wanted to meet to the senior level executives to his VPs he acted the same he didn't act different to the, uh, the guys in the upper level, the yeah. big wigs, to the guys that were younger. He, he gave actually more time to the people who, who were younger than, than the guys who were, who were you know, in, in high-level positions. Interesting. And just watching him, I mean, I remember watching him and his executives sit at around a small table, like, like we're sitting at now a coffee table, and look at the, the layout of the office, how the office should look, should it be open, should it be closed, should this, should, when you walk in the building, what people do you want to see first, because every little detail mattered to him. There wasn't one thing like, oh, I just have this guy do. Oh, I'll have Paul let me pawn this off and pawn this off. And he didn't micromanage, but he wanted to just he wanted to make sure that everything about his business, from you walking the building was perfect to you leaving the building to you, where was the drinking fountains at? Where because they were they shifting around their building. Yeah, that stuff mattered to him because he wanted his his people to come in and have a perfect day of work. And so everything mattered to him. I thought that was the most amazing lesson I could have ever learned. That's cool. So Jeremy Andrews, to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy Anders. What about, what about your boxing in the mornings at 4.30? Yeah. yeah, so
0: yeah, go over your morning routine and why they're important to because yeah. I see you. So I would say five days a
1: week, I try to get up in the fours, so 4.30, 4.45, something like that, to, um, just to go work out, typically in the morning. If I were to have okay. calls really, really early or do something else, I'll do that. But typically, I like to wake up really early and go do something physical. Because I, 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 would, I would kick myself, I went straight from having, you know, uh, performing in college to the NFL to just doing nothing physical. So I wanna make sure I keep that up, right? And But for me, it does something to my mind where if I can get up early and beat everyone awake, to me it's like a competition. If I can beat everyone awake, then I gotta beat them at the next thing. To what else can I win at? What else, where else can my wins be out for the day? Yeah, yeah, and I'll go boxing in the morning because to me, if I can wake up every morning and just fight, you know, if I can mm-hmm. punch a bag or have have a coach, uh, you know, to to get better with, then if I can wake up every morning and fight, get in that habit, get up and fight and win, then that'll be my habit for the rest of the day. So that's great. That's kind of where my where I got it from, and it's it's worked well and. Um, it's it's definitely helped change my mindset how long have you been doing that every morning just not right. not too long honestly just ever since uh, probably the new year hit I was like I do something different cool
0: so So like what time are you going to bed then if you're waking up I try to go to bed by now?
1: 10 or 11 but then uh, the weekends I try to catch up on my sleep a little bit I don't yeah. know if that's the healthiest way to do it but on the weekends I try to catch up on some sleep um, I was reading some interview with Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and some other guys are like, yeah, we we don't get as much sleep as you want during the week, but we definitely have to catch up on the weekends. Yeah. So that's what I try to do. Try to get at least six hours a night and then maybe a nap if I need to. But to me, getting a win in the morning and getting up and fighting and getting Mm -hmm. better physically in the morning, that to me is so important. So that's why I make sure I do it. Yeah, I like that.
0: So our, for our listeners that don't know, Mitch sends out, uh, is it monthly? I guess he just yeah, sends out a, your but, first Yeah, month. about a
1: month, once a month. So like yeah, month.
0: he sends out motivational emails and he just sent out his first one. Do you mind going over the nine ways to be a high performer with us?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, so go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah, so number one, self-belief, right?
1: Yeah, self-belief. So I talked about it already. And to rewind, I, I try to send out just a monthly blog. I do that for okay. my company once every couple of weeks. Um, but a- anything, mindset, sales, to just business, to um, lifestyle, to habits, to anything that I think can, can inspire people. That's my, that's my goal. Um, so yeah, self-belief, number one, is like I told you before, there is so much power in just believing in yourself. It, 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 it trumps mostly everything. Like I was watching the Jimmer for Debt documentary, yeah, well, which I good. think everyone should watch if you guys haven't seen that. I mean, it is amazing. It is the definition of self-belief. I actually messaged him on social media. I'm like, dude, that was unbelievable. And he messaged me back saying, saying thanks. And, and I just told him self belief was just in that documentary. It's, it's all it was. He believed since a, a, a three year old kid that he was going to make it the NBA. And he did. He's six foot one, six foot two, 180, uh, 180 pounds. Most people like that don't make it. But believing in himself, saying that he would make it to the highest level, made his actions follow what his belief said which work ethic comes because of self-belief. Mm-hmm. Training comes because of self-belief. Everything else, confidence comes. I mean, everything comes because you're just believing in yourself that you can do great, great things. So that, that's why it's number one. It's just you got to believe in yourself first. If you don't, you're going to be just like everyone else.
0: Yeah. And then number two, be your own mentor. You've kind of gone over that. Yeah.
1: So I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of, of having mentors that I just bragged about a guy that I look up to a lot in the NFL every single time I got signed by a team I would try to go find the best receiver on the team and just ask him for advice tips and then hey after practice would you mind taking 10 minutes just just watch me let me watch you and so I'm a huge believer in mentors but the truth is they're not always there I can't call Jeremy Andrews every day for advice I can't call I can't have uh, a pro bowl wide receiver like Adam Thielen watch me after practice every day and hold my hand. They just don't do it. That's not what's going to happen. So sometimes you have to be your own mentor. And mm-hmm. for me, when I was with the Miami Dolphins, I remember the, the strength coach. He came out to the middle of the field when I was working out and he told me, he's like, Mitch, you need to go home. You've been working your butt off. You need to go home. He's like, right now you're the hardest worker on the team, but there's, there's value in rest. You need to go home. And it wasn't what was, there wasn't a mentor on the sideline saying Mitch, keep going, keep going, buddy. It was my own mind saying, Mitch, you have to do this to to become where to get where you want to. You have to do this, mm-hmm. and so to become your own mentor in your mind with that self talk, you have to go through hard times. For me, what made me stand that stand the field and work was about two months before that my mom passed away, and so that what developed in me what the definition of hard really meant. So working. In 110 degree weather in the humidity of Miami for six straight hours, having my strength coach having to tell me to go home, that was because I developed strength from hard times coming about myself. Or the times that I got cut three different times before I was in the Miami Dolphins, that was the definition of hard to me. So now I had gone through that, so I can now do harder things because I had gone through harder things. So now when it's a choice, do the hard thing or do the easy thing, no, no of course I'm going to choose to do the mm-hmm. hard thing because I had just gone through hard times. Yeah. So to become your own mentor, that mentor in your own mind, you have to literally put yourself through hard times and force yourself to do that. Find a hard time whether that's cutting out this thing out of your diet every single day, whether it's working out every single day, whether it's waking up early in the morning, whether it's forcing yourself to do something really hard weekly or daily or monthly that when hard times come to you when you don't want them to, you're already ready for them. Yeah, you that's know great. I, mean? I
0: like that philosophy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So And then number three, goals that scare you.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, it's hard to find a goal that scares you unless you're, unless you're, in, you're, you're working at or doing your passion, right? If you just have a nine to five job that you hate, if you're doing something that you don't like, why would you ever make a goal that scares you? You're willing to step into the dark if it's something that you love. You're willing to take a leap of faith if it's something that you, you're doing what you love, you know? So that's why first get, do what you're passionate about. If you're in that, then you're going to find goals that scare you. Because if you're in what you're passionate about, you want to become the best at that. So then you're going to push yourself to have goals that scare you. There needs to be moments where you wake up in the morning and you go, oh my gosh, Like I'm a little bit nervous today because I have to perform today. And you know, last year, my goal was to service 1,000 pest control accounts, to be the first rookie to ever do it, and to be the fastest to ever do it, to break those two records. And I woke up nervous every single day to be able to do it. And because the goal was so big, it scared me. So I woke up a little bit nervous every single day, like, oh my gosh, I, I gotta go. I gotta do this. And that's what allowed me to do it, is that, that little knot in your stomach every day that says, Mitch, get up and go. You have, you have dreams to accomplish. And so if your, goals aren't, if your goals aren't there, you're not gonna have that fire in your belly every single day.
0: Yeah, you know? that's, great. Oh, that's great. So, and then number four, talent equals number of skills.
1: Okay, this is a good one. So my um, mental strength coach, when I was with the, the at BYU, his name is Doctor Craig Manning, he talked about this a lot. So...
0: Like a sports psychologist? Yeah, he came to sports cool. team all the
1: time. He's a sports psychologist for all the BYU sports. So my, wife's, cool. te- uh, my yeah. wife's coach for the soccer team, track and field, he does a lot. He's, I think he's a lot of Olympians, NBA players, LeBron James. I mean, he's done a lot of awesome people. Oh, that's cool. So um, you, people always say like, oh man, this guy's a beast, this guy's a savage, this guy's, this guy's so talented, this guy's so good. But what does that really mean? And you can actually break it down to the number of skills he possesses. So talent, if you say someone's talented, or a beast, or a savage, or incredible, that means that he has a higher number of skills than everybody else, you know? So, if you want to become a beast, or become talented, look at your field, and say, okay, to be really good at sales, I need to do, there's 30 or 40 traits of a great salesman, how many do I have? To be a great basketball player, there's 40 or 50 things that, 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 you can acquire, how many do I have? There, are in, in football and baseball, basketball, as a, as a business owner, there's 30 or 40 skills you need to have. Okay, how many do I have, right? That's, that's how you need to look at it. Instead of just looking at someone and saying, oh, that guy's great, he's talented. Well, what certain talents do he have? So it takes two things, in my opinion, to be great at something. Hard work, there's a sheer desire, mm-hmm. and then the skills, right? And the, mm-hmm. if, if someone has both, they're gonna be the most talented. But let's say that you're competing to be the best in the entire industry or something. Those competing to be the best are all going to be hard workers. Okay, so put that off the table real quick. Now think of the number of talents they have. Whoever has the most talents, if they're all hard, just the same amount of hard work as each other, whoever has more talents wins. And there's no argument, they will win. Because if the hard work is the same, the desire is the same, whoever has the most skills will win. And so a lot of people mm-hmm. just go into an industry or go into a sport, go into the uh, sales and say, I want to be the best. Okay, well, look at your competition. How many skills do you have? Increase that amount. If you're not good at public speaking, if you're not good at closing someone in, in a deal in sales, if you're not good at free throws, that'll hinder you and let, let mm-hmm. someone leapfrog you. So look at the number of skills you have. Increase that and you'll become more talented. Yeah. So
0: what have you done, done to develop more skills? Like moving and what else?
1: Yeah, I would just say be so freaking real with yourself about what you have. It is okay if you don't have something. It is okay to recognize, you know, I'm not very good at free throws or I'm not very good mm-hmm. at closing people. I'm very good at building rapport in sales, but I can't close people. Man, I can't dribble to save my life, but, I, man, I can shoot. Just recognizing what you're not good at and then saying, okay, I'm going to gain these two skills this year. And I'm going to be dang good at them. So now when I go compare myself to somebody else, I now I have 11 skills. He has nine. We're just, we, work this same level of, we have the same level of work ethic, but I have a couple more skills than he has. I'm going to win now. And look at yourself and just being real and recognizing, okay, I can gain a couple more skills. There's a couple of things that I'm not good at. Let me master those, too. So cool. just rec- self-recognition.
0: Yeah, for sure. Did you, then, oh, go
1: ahead. Did you play basketball in high school? Didn't play basketball. No. Played baseball, though. I, I I play a ton of basketball. Played a ton in high school, but I didn't play with the high school team or any club team or anything. I just, mm-hmm. I just focus on baseball and football. I, I get made fun of for not playing because I should have. Yeah. I wish I would have, but I... I um, Baseball is my best sport for sure. I was a left-handed pitcher, and football is my love, so I said I'm going to do those too.
0: Cool. Cool. That's awesome. And this one's my favorite, number five, wake up with that game day feeling.
1: Yeah. That's a big one. Um, It goes goes right along with the the, having goals that scare you. There's got to be moments where, or certain time periods where you wake up, you know, you want to wake up feeling invigorated and feel like you have a charge to go do something great. Not scared every morning, but there has to be times where you're waking up because you know your competition's waking up. You know? For me, if, like, if it's game day in college or game day in the NFL, I know the other teams are going to be prepared, so I have to get it prepared. And so you wake up with a little knot in your stomach. You wake up with a little bit of, like, uncertainty. Man, how am I going to do today? But as you, as, you, as you continue to believe in yourself and continue to visualize the game, you're like, you know what, I'm going to do this. But there's got to be that, that trigger of, it's game day today. Even when it's just practice, it's game day today. Even when it's just one day of sales, it's game day today. Even when it's just a scrimmage, because if you can get in that habit, the game, the lights, all that just doesn't seem to be too big of a deal. You're just like, I've already done this. I've already treated every practice, every day, like it, it's a big deal to me. And so this, the game, it's just, it's thank you. It's here. It's not like yeah. a big event to you anymore. It's like you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm already. You're used to. It. I'm just. I'm ready. For, yeah, right. I'm ready for this. And so. Wake up with that game day feeling. It's like, you, there needs to be times where you're like, you know what? Like this year, I remember we had, you know, 20 sales reps selling for us. And I went out and sold this past year. And there were times I'm like, I'm ahead of pace to break these records. I'm, I'm ahead of, I, I'm hitting my goals. Can I just sleep in one day? But it was it was only the fact that my competition was waking up, which at the time is my own business partner, even my employees who were so talented. It's like, you know, those guys, we're all competing every day to get better. We're on the same team, but we're competing. And... Uh my competition other companies too. It's it's all that. It's so I'm like that's sometimes it's the only reason why you wake up is the competition. It's like, you know what? I, yeah. it's the game day, I, I gotta beat these guys. So yeah.
0: to, to go along with that, like I remember you talked about when you were at BYU you'd visualize years before it even happened, you catching a Hail Mary pass. Yeah. And you'd go over in your mind and so when it actually happened. You were just, it was normal because you've already gone through in your mind, and exactly. it's perfect. So yeah. can you go over? Yeah, I think that that's number experience. nine.
1: Um, it's like he's under dreaming, but yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, man. It's it's, it, as you run scenarios through your mind, and for me, I'll talk about it in a second for okay. years. It's like, when it actually, comes, you're like, I've done this, mm-hmm.
0: been here already. Like
1: for for me, like, success is never a surprise. No one is surprised with the Nobel Peace Prize in, in, in a box at their door, like you know, a certificate saying, "Oh, congrats on the Nobel Peace Prize!" Like you know, no one's surprised by the, like to be on the to, to have a gold gold medal around their neck at the Olympics. It's never like, "Whoa, me!" No way. <laughs> it's no, it's never that. So if that's the case, if it's never if you're never surprised with success, then that means you must have already believed it would happen strongly, very strongly and acted like it was gonna happen well in advance. So, as, as I'll talk about this in a bit, that, that's what it is, 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 is that waking, every, waking up every single day, like it's game day, it won't, success won't come to surprise to you.
0: hmm yeah. You know? I like that, so. And then, number six, never be outworked.
1: That's an awesome one, man. It's, it's just, it, to me, it's just a duty. How the heck do you not get your butt up and, and just do something hard every day, Work every day, get better every day it's just a duty to your family it's a duty to your future self to me this, like the definition of torture or torment would be laying on your deathbed and meeting the person you could have beca- could have become could you imagine that like could you imagine laying on your deathbed and meeting the person you could have became if, if you would have worked hard if you would have gotten up early if you would have, if you would have put your mind something if you would have dreamed if you would have uh, believe in yourself, could you imagine like the, the torment you'd feel laying there and being like, man, I could have been him and it's yourself? To me, that I think about that every single day. Like, gosh, I'm not going to let myself, I'm not going to let myself meet myself or even visualize myself what I could have been. The what I could have been on no way. So it's a duty to yourself to work your absolute hardest to find a way to become your best self every single day. And, and not only that, to raise the bar so high with your work ethic that it inspires those around you. Kick your own butt to inspire those around you. I, that that mean seriously, it's a, it's a duty for you as a, as a husband, father, uh, wife, mother, uh, brother, son, any, just inspire those around you by your work ethic, because it is inspiring. don't yeah. get inspired by hard mm-hmm. work.
0: Yeah. And then number seven, find yourself a pro bowler.
1: Good one, yeah. That's a huge one. I, I talked about this already. When I would go to a certain team, at uh, this is in college at BYU or in the NFL, I was very good at surrounding myself with people that were just very good and it just raised up my game as i told you before I, I this one was forced on me but this one was joe hayden would guard me every single practice that got me a lot better because i went up against the best every single day he was my pro baller. i found him he's right mm-hmm. there in front of me he wants to end my and my career end my life he's he's six inches away from me we're nose and nose and we we're, i'm having to run around and this is for, this is every single day in practice and that to me is surrounding yourself by the best so how the heck could you not perform like the best you know, mm-hmm. when I was on the Miami Dolphins, Jarvis Landry and Kenny Stills were there, and I respected the heck out of those guys. I remember just asking those guys, I said, Do you mind if we get a workout in? Do you mind after practice? You just watch me do some stuff and I'll watch you. And Kenny Stills was great about doing that extra work with me. Same with Jarvis. And I just got, in the five minutes that I watched them, it was as if I had been playing for 10 years. The amount of like, knowledge I gained from five minutes. Just like that 12 hours with Jeremy Andrews, that 12 hours was so valuable because I watched a Pro Bowler. The best in action, oh my gosh, I now feel like I have like 100 secrets. I would go watch those guys in a very close setting and them coaching me, then I would just watch them move and watch how they made cuts, watch how they turned around, watch how they caught balls, watch everything, watch how they ran routes. Oh my gosh, I got it. No one could have told me that, but since I watched it, since I surrounded mm-hmm. myself by a Pro Bowler, in that hour I worked out with them, I learned more than in the last like three years, I, I, I felt like, you know? Crazy. So find yourself a Pro Bowler and just soak up their knowledge, soak up what they're doing, and you'll learn so much more than guys who are ahead of you than any, any book would do for you. Now, I'm a huge reader. I love books, but if you can be with the author and sit it for 12 hours, it's probably the better option, right? Mm-hmm. So um, that to me, surround yourself by the best guys will just level you up faster. It'll put you on the fast track. It's, it's cheating to me. You go put yourself exactly. on the best guys. Yeah. You're like, I'm cheating. I, I'm just soaking knowledge that no one else is getting. I'm just cheating to win. But it's, it's, a, it's a legal cheat this time. Yeah. That's yeah. Great. What are some of your favorite books? Shoe Dog by Phil Knight.
0: I've read that. That's great. It's an amazing yeah. book. Phil.
1: That one's great. Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Creativity, Inc. by Ed Catmull. Those are amazing books. The reason why is, for, at least for Shoe Dog... And I like biographies because that to me is like finding a pro bowler. I'm like, dude, if I'm, I'm reading the words of this man, yeah, it'd be better if I was sitting mm-hmm. sitting with him and having him just mentor me. But I'm, I'm at least, it's like he's my mentor for those 12 hours it takes me to read that book or that, that 10 hours it takes me to read that book. Mm-hmm. And I read Shoe Dog and I remember thinking so many times in that book, man, if I was in his shoes, I would have quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but I'm wearing Nike shoes, so obviously he didn't quit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I read the next chapter, oh my gosh, he waited like a, two years for his first sample of shoes, I would have quit, but I'm wearing a Nike shirt right now. You know, like he didn't quit. So that to me was just, it was such a testament to be like, oh, well he didn't quit, then I can't be a quitter now, because look how cool Nike is. I wanna do something that cool too, but, so I'm not gonna be a quitter now. Yeah. You just learn that type of thing so fast, from spending time or finding, you know, spending time with that pro bowler, as I call it. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And then number eight, have a why deeper than your want. Your what? Your want. Oh, is it what? What, yeah. Oh, have a why what? deeper than your what. Okay.
1: So in the book that I talk about uh, from Simon Sinek, it's called Start with Why. He, imagine a three ring target where the, the most outer circle is the word what, the second inner circle is the word how, and the very center is the word why. Obviously, if you're playing darts, you want to hit towards the center. So why is the most important? Um, how is the second most important? And what is the least important? So what you do is the least important thing that you do. It's how you do it. It's why you do it. It's why it's really important. So if I think about my job right now as a pest control salesman or as a business owner, in pest control, what I do is I kill bugs for a living. If you think about it, that's, that's what it is. I, I service homes and we make sure there's no bugs in the house but as you can tell by my monotone voice and my demeanor as I said that, that's not important, right? But through what I do, how I do it, with fanatical effort, like it's, like it's, like it's my life, how I do it, man, if I work my butt off at this, I, I, may, I do every single thing, I, I try to be as done, done, done as possible, and the reason why I do it is to inspire thousands and thousands and thousands of people. So here, here's how it is, this last summer I went out, like I told you, and I was chasing those two records, uh, to be the fastest ever service a thousand accounts and to be the first to ever do it in his, in his rookie year, and to me, if I looked at myself as someone who just killed bugs for a living, I would not have done them. But to me, I said, Mitch, if you do this, that will inspire thousands and thousands of people eventually. If you can break these records, having someone gone from college to the NFL to now a, a business owner and doing what you did this year that will inspire thousands of people. So my why for doing it was to inspire thousands of people. So I dumped the what? I dumped the, the killer of bugs. I dumped the eradicator of pests. I said, I'm not, I'm not yeah. that. Technically I am, sure, but I'm not that. My job is to inspire thousands of people and through my actions, through what I do, I'm, I'm gonna do that. So why I did it was inspire thousands and, and my goal in life is inspire millions of people. And so if you look at why you do things, You'll find so much more success in looking at yourself as just what you do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Helped a lot.
0: And then last one, number nine, dream.
1: This is a good one. This is there's a reason why number one was number one and number nine was number nine. Because they go hand in hand. But to me, dreaming, it was it's such a big part of my life. And I don't mean I don't mean like in your sleep dreaming, I don't know how to control those dreams. I'm talking about like when you're doing meaningless tasks throughout the day, you're eating a meal, or you sit there and watch TV, you, you, your mind just races on what your dreams are. You're just constantly daydreaming and visualizing success. You just, it's hard for you to focus on school because you're like, I'm gonna, go to the, I'm gonna go to the NFL one day. I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna be great one day. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be great one day. You have to have those moments of like, not being able to focus on things that you don't love because you just have this one love that you want to go chase so bad. And for me, that was football. For me, that was making, you know, awesome plays in college and making the NFL. That's all I ever thought about. And so maybe my grades did suffer a little bit. I don't know. I'm sure they did. And, and, and so, like, people think that, that life will come to them. The NFL or NBA or being an entrepreneur will come to them. No, no, no. It's, it's years and years of dreaming you're going to do it because success is never a surprise. That's why when Jim or Fredette made it to the NBA, it was a shock to everyone else because he's six foot one and 180, but to him, it was no surprise. He mm-hmm. knew he was going to do it because a kid. That's, yeah. that, that's powerful. Same with me. I knew I was going to make it there as, as, since I was a kid. I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and own businesses as a kid. And for years and years and years, I dreamed. It was hard to focus on things I didn't love because I'm like, I'm going to do something great one day. I'm going to do something great. And even making certain plays in football in college. I had dreamed about catching a game-winning touchdown my whole life. It was going to happen one way or the other. And luckily, the opportunity presented itself. But when opportunity meets preparation, that's when miracles happen. And so if opportunity presents itself, but you haven't dreamed about it, you haven't prepared your mind for it, you'll be the reason it failed, not because of the opportunity. And so for me, um, I dream and dream and dream about the things I did in college and making the NFL and having my first touchdown catch in the NFL. I, I had dreamed about that before it happened, so it wasn't like, oh, my gosh, that's – Wow, I did it! It has to be dreamed about. Mm-hmm. So for those listening, for for I mean for for you guys, find what you want to do, and if you're not constantly like losing focus and other things that you don't even really care about for this dream, it's it could it, maybe it's not the right dream for you. Find what you what is constantly on your mind and the, the records you want to break, the things you want to accomplish, and let it almost take over a little bit. Because that will be what paves your path, is that self-belief and dreaming of what you want to do. It's powerful. It is powerful. And some people call it law of attraction, that maybe is what it is, but when you look at it like that, just dreaming about what you want to do and the things you want to do in life, it'll come to you. It, that, that, that's when it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Not, not naturally, it doesn't come to you, but when you dream about it, that you'll have it happen to you.
0: Yeah, cool. So, do you have any more questions? So, last one. It's your last day on earth, you're on your deathbed bed, and everything you've ever written, said to anybody, is all forgotten. But you can leave one thing with one truth that you've learned. What would that be?
1: Man, that is good. That is really good. Um I mean with all that said, I guess this would be a combination of both. What what is re- success really unless your your you know your family and the, your loved ones are there you know, my why this year in in business and in football was was to inspire people and just dream big and pave the path for people who want to do big things that's my that's what I want to do, but as long as my family's there, so be a long term person, and make decisions for the long term. If it's gonna hurt your family, it's gonna hurt your loved ones. It might not be the best thing. Um, I'll say, you know, as a precursor, to make sure that whatever you're doing, everyone wants to dream big and then follow these big entrepreneurs and, and have such big aspirations, but make sure that your loved ones are involved because that's what really matters at the end of the day. Um, but in terms of just personal growth, the one thing that I would say to people, man, is, and we've, I've hit home on this already, is, is you have to have such love and believe for yourself as well. If you don't get up every single day and go, you know what, I really like where I'm at, but I can be so much farther. Then you really don't love yourself. Because if you're just happy with where you're at, you're like, oh, I'm good. I've maximized my potential. Whether you believe in God or not, I don't don't, don't know. I don't know. But there's always more you can do. And love yourself enough, dream high enough to where you wake up every single morning invigorated. And dream and and believe in yourself enough to say, you know what, there's more I can do. Never let yourself... Meet that person you could have been on your deathbed. That's kind of how I'd all wrap that up. Mm-hmm. Never let do not let yourself meet the person you could have become. Every single day, as you lay in bed at night, think, did I become closer to my potential or farther away? And you can answer it. As you lay in bed at night, you can yeah. answer that. You know if oh, you didn't, didn't work hard enough. You know you you know for dang sure you did not know work hard enough at the end of the day. Um or did didn't do enough for people, or didn't it weren't good enough for your loved ones you know dang well if you did or not so lay in bed every night and say you know what I didn't do my best today I did not and love yourself enough to where you say you know what tomorrow I'm going to get after it and I'm going to become somebody today and you will you honestly honestly will be that miracle story for others and, and you'll inspire thousands of people and that's, that's my dream that's what I want to do
0: guys thank you so much for listening and a huge shout out to Mitch for coming on the pod if you guys want to connect with him, follow him on Instagram at Matthews 10 And if you go to his bio, you can click the link and sign up for his email list and get monthly motivational tips on how to improve your life and how to just become a better person. I subscribe to it and I love it. He sends out quality content and it's amazing. And once again, guys, if you enjoy this podcast, please leave me five stars, write a review, post this on your Instagram stories, and share it with your friends. Thank you, guys, and I'll see you next week.